Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and Locked On Aggies podcast. Thank all of you for making the Locked On Gamecocks or Locked On Aggies podcast your first listen every day. Both of our shows are free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts daily. I am Andrew Lyon the Locked On Gamecocks podcast here with Joey Ikes over at Locked On Aggies. Joey, I really appreciate you being on this crossover show today. We're going to dive deep into the game between South Carolina and the Texas A&M Aggies. That is taking place on Saturday night. It is going to be a real pivotal matchup for both of these programs for different reasons. We're going to dive into all that and more on today's show. But before we get started, I want to let you all know that today's show is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, so let's start off this discussion with the storylines heading into this game. And Joey, obviously, Texas A&M had a lot of aspirations to start the season, being ranked as high as, I believe, sixth in the preseason polls before the season began. And obviously, there's been a few roadblocks along the way for the Aggies so far. So I'll hand it over to you. What is the biggest storyline in your mind for the Aggies heading into this contest? Well, I'll say this, Andrew, you have been more friendly to the Aggies than most people who cover the Aggies or follow the Aggies so far this year. But yes, A&M started out the season number six or number seven in the polls, depending on which poll you pay more attention to. And after their week one win, they stayed right about there. And then from there, it's just been a uh, relative uh, relative avalanche from that standpoint. Um, and really, all of it comes back to the quarterback play. And that leads sort of to the storyline here for the Aggies going into this week against the Gamecocks is really the big question right now is, are we going to see five-star true freshman Connor Wigman get the opportunity to play against South Carolina? So for some some context, um, A&M started the year with Haynes King as the starter after two games against including a loss to Appalachian State where he played not very well in both games, uh, despite some highlights against Sam Houston State. Jimbo Fisher made the switch and put Max Johnson, the crafty SEC veteran, in as the starter. Things got a little bit better, but still weren't really where they needed to be for AM to be able to score points like you need to to compete in college football these days. Um, and in the game against Mississippi State, um, he broke his thumb hitting it on the helmet of a pass rusher, and uh, Haynes King came back into the game. And the next game for AM was against Alabama, and that was one of those like, hey, let's let Haynes King start this game and not put Connor Wegman, you know, on the road in Bryant-Denny against Alabama right away. But that's really the storyline is, is Aggie fans are looking at Connor Wegman as the, the last hope almost for, for what this quarterback situation is going to be, especially since they don't currently have a 2023 quarterback in the recruiting cycle yet. So uh, this guy is, is really their hope for this year and for next year. And at, at three and three with quarterback questions, it's it's not a real fun place to be. Tell me about the storyline for the Gamecocks coming in. Well, Joey, the biggest storyline for South Carolina, honestly, and I could go over to the offense on our end as well because South Carolina's also had their own share of issues, both at the quarterback position and offensively as a whole in terms of their efficiency so far this year. But my big storyline for the Gamecocks is 
They've never defeated the Aggies since this series started back in 2014. And honestly, Gamecock fans, A&M increased the gap over the last couple of years. When you look back at the beginning of the series, four of the five Four of the first five games were decided by 11 points or less. But in the last three games, AM has outscored South Carolina by a total of 122 points to 23 points collectively between all three matchups. So when I look at that storyline, the impact it could have for the Gamecocks on this game, this is one that many people, both inside and outside of South Carolina's fan base, are going to wonder if um, you know something like this is going to be used as healthy motivation, maybe by the players and the coaching staff, or if maybe it negatively impacts their psyche. Because when you lose that many games against a quality opponent, you do get to a point where you start to question yourself if you can handle the moment against that team whenever you face them. So, you know, and that can be compounded by the fact this is a home game for South Carolina. So some could argue the pressure is going to be ratcheted up because you're going to be in front of your home crowd on Saturday night. And of course, emotions can lead to big momentum swings in a game where both teams, I think we're going to be playing with a big sense of urgency here, looking for that victory. So obviously, you know, there's a lot that is riding on this for South Carolina in terms of trying to continue their momentum from the Kentucky victory that they got a couple of weeks ago, which of course I'll get into in just a couple moments. But Joey, besides the quarterback position, which again, obviously is a huge storyline that everyone's going to be watching throughout the rest of this week. Is there anything else that you're sort of looking for from the Aggie side of things? Yeah, it's really, can A&M continue the effort and the the quality of play that they showed in most of the areas of the game against Alabama. Uh, and so AM came off a really tough game against Mississippi State where pretty much nobody played well. And then they came in and gave Alabama basically all the game that they could handle all the way down to the very last play. Uh, weren't able to execute on a first and goal from the one with three seconds left with the opportunity to win the game. Uh, but if AM can carry that sort of toughness and grit and resiliency and all that stuff that they showed against Alabama over a, through the bye week against South Carolina, it'll be a huge thing for AM fans because this is an extremely young team. There's a lot of hype about this team coming into the year, but really and truly, if you look at the roster, it really looked like even coming into the season that 2023 or 2024 was more the Aggies year if they could continue to stack quality recruiting classes. So if they can put together a, another really solid game against South Carolina this week, then it will go a long way to easing concerns for AM's fans in terms of whether this team is going to continue to progress or if it's just going to keep being a roller coaster ride throughout the rest of the year and however long Jimbo Fisher is the head coach. Right, exactly. And, you know, when you talk about the job status of Jimbo Fisher, this is a big game for him in that aspect. I think many people would definitely agree with that. And with a lot of winnable games down the stretch, a game like this becomes all that more important for Texas A&M. Another storyline that I'm sort of looking at here from South Carolina's end is, can the Gamecocks prove that the Kentucky win wasn't because of Will Levis being absent in the starting lineup for the Wildcats? Basically, can they validate what was a huge victory from a perception standpoint for Shane Beamer? Because, Joey, this might sound crazy for you to hear this being an Aggies, uh, someone who, for being someone who covers the Aggies, I should say. But that was the first ranked win and first conference road victory in Shane Beamer's tenure so far here in Columbia. And it's huge for him in regards to trying to build a product, sort of, you know, give future prospects something on the field, some 
um, visual progress in that aspect. And the feeling around the fan base for South Carolina, which is one that I can sympathize with, is that, you know, some people believe that there's outsiders that think, well, the Gamecocks only defeated the Wildcats because, well, Levis wasn't out there on the field playing. And admittedly, the Gamecocks allowed that storyline to matriculate, really, because they did not run away with the football game. They continue to shoot themselves in the foot in the first half on offense. That has been a trend all season for South Carolina. And, you know, because of that, the score wasn't as lopsized. Maybe it could have been. And when you look at this game, almost everyone would say that Texas A&M is a better program still right now than South Carolina, despite everything that's happened on their end so far this season. So South Carolina winning this game, especially if they found a way to win it in convincing fashion, I think that would cause people to, you know, start saying South Carolina's getting better and they're working their way up more so than maybe, you know, Texas A&M is just having a real down year trying to sort things out on the offensive side of the ball. And of course, when looking at this game, there's going to be a lot of key matchups that could dictate who ends up winning the game on Saturday night. And Joey and I are going to discuss that all in detail in just a couple of moments. But before we get into all of that, Joey, I got a quick story to tell you. You know anyone named Chris in your life? I know a few Chris's. Yes, I do, Andrew. You know a few Chris's. Well, this might be one of them. Chris suffered from an excessive underarm sweat for many years. He got to a point where it became such a problem with his dress shirts. He got to the point he was using maxi pads, for gosh sakes, in his shirt to soak up the sweat. And obviously, you can imagine, this was a big inconvenience for him in his life. Until he discovered Sweat Block which changed the game for Chris because Chris was able to fix his problem of excessive sweating with sweat block, which was created by a doctor who was dealing with the same issue and thus is recommended by other doctors in the field. So if you or someone you love or care about is experiencing embarrassing sweat or odor that's getting in the way of everyday life, try sweat block today. Save 20% with the promo code locked on at sweatblock.com. Also available on Amazon. Welcome back to today's crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and Locked On Aggies podcast. I'm Andrew Lyon, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, here with Joey Ikes once again over at Locked On Aggies. And now we've talked about the biggest storylines for both the Aggies and the Gamecocks, the quarterback situation in Aggie land, and South Carolina trying to continue the momentum that they are seeing from the Kentucky victory a couple weeks ago. So let's talk about the key matchups that are going to play a big role in this football game. And Joey, I want to start off with one that I think could play a big factor um, considering the biggest storyline that you brought up earlier about the quarterback position with the Texas A&M Aggies. South Carolina's defensive pressure against Haynes King or Connor Wegman, whoever is the starting quarterback. South Carolina racked up a season-high six sacks against Kentucky in Week 6. And Haynes King, if he winds up being the starter so far this season, has thrown five touchdowns and five interceptions. From my standpoint, that means that he can be a little bit turnover prone no matter what the game is, no matter who the opponent is. And when I watched the Alabama game back earlier this week, I saw a lot of high passes from Haynes King, even on some short, simple 5-15 to yard routes and even a wide open deep post route to one of the Aggie receivers, I think, in the second half of the game. And it seems like at times he makes bad decisions in certain moments when he feels like the Aggies need to convert, whether it's maybe a third down play or the last drive of the game thrown up in double coverage on multiple occasions. And so... Based on all that, from my vantage point, it seems like Haynes King at times can let the emotions 
that he has inside his head dictate how he's playing. And so with this game being one that I think we can both assume Texas A&M feels like they need to win and want to win, I could see how Haynes King could try to maybe press a little bit too much in this game if he is playing. And with a little bit I've seen from him, I think South Carolina could find a way to maybe get the football via some turnovers if that is the case. And of course, if Connor Wegman is starting, obviously the biggest concern for the Aggies would be the fact he's never taken a snap in a college football game. And so... Obviously, it would be a big spot for a true freshman starting on the road in a hostile environment in a conference game and a game that, again, Aggies feel like that they probably need to get this one. They can't let this one slip on through. He is extremely talented, but he's a true freshman at the end of the day. I don't think Jimbo would put him out there for his first start in this kind of spot, but I could also see him doing so if maybe he's feeling a little bit of pressure, that he needs to show something, some sort of product on the field, especially on the offensive end. And South Carolina going into the Kentucky game, Joey, they had the eighth highest blitz rate in all of college football. So if they're seeing a true freshman for the first time ever on Saturday night, I have no doubt that defensive coordinator Clayton White would probably unleash a lot of blitzes on Connor Wegman, give him some cover zero blitz type looks, maybe some disguise blitzes to pretty much see how he handles the pressure and if he maybe cracks under it at the same time. Yeah, you pretty much nailed the situation with Haynes King as well as I've heard anybody who doesn't cover the Aggies on a daily basis describe it. And that is the fact that there's a significant lack of poise in the pocket, in the game, just in general. And what appears from the outside to be just a really a really significant hesitance to make decisions and that sometimes when he feels pressure to make a decision faster than he's ready, he's going to put the ball up for grabs. He's thrown he's I want to say without looking at it right now I would be guessing I'm pretty sure he's thrown an interception in every game that he's played as an Aggie going back to last year other than the Colorado game where he played one series and got hurt in the first series of the game. Right. But but in every game that he's played a significant amount of he's thrown an interception he's given the ball away. And as a result of that that's been sort of the fatal flaw as I've described it with Haynes King playing quarterback is he hesitates to make decisions, and then he doesn't have the quick release or the or the big arm to make up for that lack of that lack of decisiveness, and so he winds up putting the ball in situations where guys have a chance to make a play on it. So and and he doesn't always respond very well to pressure. We saw it against Alabama a lot. One thing with this A and M offense is the offensive line has just been um, it's been shuffled almost every game due to injury or somebody coming back from injury or things like that. And so they just have no stability, no continuity on the offensive front. And because of that, the quarterbacks have been under pressure all year and Haynes hasn't responded really well. And so if Haynes is the guy and does play the entire game, um, he will almost certainly put the ball in a place where South Carolina can get it. And that will be probably the biggest opportunity for South Carolina to make the type of game-changing plays where they can come out and get a win over what is at least perceived at this point to be to be a program that's a step or two ahead of them in the building process. From, from the Aggie standpoint, at least for me, it's a similar storyline, but a little bit different in that it's the A&M secondary against Spencer Rattler as the quarterback for the Gamecocks. And you mentioned, and we both talked about, Haynes King's tendency to turn the ball over. And, uh, and similar to Haynes, Spencer Rattler has five touchdowns through six games, but he also has 
eight interceptions through through those six games. And so he has a tendency, just like Haynes, to put the ball in places where the opponent can go get it. And surprisingly, despite AM having what we all consider to be a very talented secondary with a big mix of veteran players and young players, there's only one member of the Aggie secondary that has an interception this year, and that's sophomore safety Jordan Gilbert, who has two. And so it, it's going to be an opportunity, and I'm sure that these guys have been watching tape all week, and they know this, that this is their opportunity to go out and get their hands on some footballs and make some big plays. And I'm sure they're really excited to do that. And they've been pretty good in coverage this year. They just haven't made plays on football when it's been there. And so it'll be interesting to see whether Spencer gives them those opportunities here in week eight. Right, Joey. And I want to add to that second point that you made regarding uh, the secondary for the Aggies facing off against South Carolina's offense, because I completely agree with you. I think that that is going to be a real key matchup in this football game. The way I look at it, though, is more so from the rushing side of things, because I watched the Miami game back in terms of looking at y'all's defense going up against an offense that can be multiple at times in the Miami Hurricanes and has a pro-style-ish type of feel to it. And the thing that stuck out to me really was how much y'all's DBs fly around the football field, especially in rush defense. Y'all's DBs do not sit back and sort of let the play come to them. Y'all are very aggressive in the fact that they pretty much, if they see the play coming towards them and there's a hope and hole, they'll go right on through there and try to make the tackle. And they're very well coached in the aspect of they understand the importance of leverage. They don't try to stand guys up, which ends up leading to opportunities for the offense to continue to get some more yards after contact. They pretty much take guys down from the very jump. And so I think if you're South Carolina, guys like Antoine Wells, Jalen Brooks, Austin Stockner, Josh Fan, Nate Atkins, a group of receivers and tight ends who in particular pride themselves on their run blocking, the perimeter blocking aspect. I think that this is a game you're going to need to bring your lunch pail. You're going to need to be ready to fight for 60 minutes because I think this Aggie secondary can really provide some trouble. And South Carolina, in terms of perimeter runs, has not seen a whole lot of success so far this year. So, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, I think that from a talent standpoint, he's one of the best running backs in the SEC, to be honest with you. But, of course, as you just mentioned with Haynes King just a few moments ago, if you don't have the protection, if you don't have guys blocking for you that can keep you upright, then it's going to be consistently difficult for you to really get anything going on that side of the ball. So point being, I really like what the Aggies have on defense and the defensive line's got some guys too and Shamar Turner and Isaiah Rax and some other guys as well. Of course, some young players that y'all have that I know y'all are really excited about. So I think that because the D line is so good at the same time for the Aggies defense, it's going to be important for the Gamecocks to try to establish something on the perimeter or else it could be a real long and hard night for South Carolina's offense going up against this top-notch Texas A&M defense. Now, of course, we are going to let y'all know what we think is going to happen with this game overall, how things are going to play out, and who the final victor will be. But before we get into all of that, we need to talk to y'all about Bet Online, who is one of the sponsors for today's special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and Locked On Aggies podcast. BetOnline is your number one source for football betting info this season where you can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and analysis on every game you can find. They're your continued source for all of your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute score updates for every sport out there. They're the fastest and easiest way to check out all of your favorite games and events, including the Major League Baseball postseason, mixed martial arts, boxing, and golf. So head on over to Bet Online on your personal computer or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action because Bet Online is where the game starts. 
Welcome back to today's special crossover edition between the Locked On Gamecocks and Locked On Aggies podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. I am Andrew Lyon, the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Once again, continuing my conversation here with Joey Ikes over on Locked On Aggies. And Joey, it's time for us to make our final predictions on this game. We've laid out all the big storylines. We've laid out the key matchups for both of these teams. This is a pivotal game, as we've both mentioned now several times, for both of these squads hanging Saturday night. How do you think things are going to play out, and who do you think is going to win the game at the end of the day? Well, I'll lean a little bit on our friends over at Bet Online that you just talked about. They've got the over-under for the game set at about 44-and-a-half, and they have Aggie, the Aggies as three-and-a-half-point favorites, even on the road. So I'm going to lean really heavily on those guys. I'm going to say Aggies win 23-21. to 21. Go, game goes under, but the but AM wins. Gamecocks cover. I think it's going to be a really competitive game, but it's going to be one that goes back and forth, and AM's going to find a way to get a field goal in the fourth quarter to put them ahead and win the game. You know, Joey, it's real crazy how this can play out sometimes because I have the same exact final score that you do, and I promise y'all we did not talk about this before we started the show for one second. So I have the Gamecocks winning 23-21, but pretty much for the same reasons that you do. I think that this is going to be a really close game. I certainly don't think that any one team is going to pull away whoever ends up winning this football game. I think, quite honestly, if you're just a general football fan, this could be a real ugly game to watch at times for both of these offenses. So I just think at the end of the day, what it's going to come down to is, you know, you mentioned Haynes King and how he could sometimes let pressure get to him. Can he make big moments or can he make the big plays in big moments in this game? I think that it's a real big plus for South Carolina that this game is going to be at home for them. Both teams are coming off a bye week. South Carolina, in the short tenure under Shane Beamer, has done a very good job with games where they've had a little bit of extra time to prepare. That does get offset a little bit by the fact that the Aggies, of course, had some time off as well. But I have to say, I just think that with the Aggies quarterback situation right now, no matter who ends up starting on Saturday night, I think that's going to end up playing in the favor of the Gamecocks at the end of the day. I think the Gamecocks move the football enough. They take advantage of maybe one or two turnovers here and there, and Mitch Jeter's going to come up big with a few field goals of his own, and South Carolina will find a way to win the game 23-21. So I also have the under on that over-under of 44.5 points, and I have the Gamecocks, of course, covering and winning outright. So needless to say... South Carolina is going to try to break their winless streak against the Texas A&M Aggies and validate the big win they got against Kentucky. And they could try to do this by rattling whoever's going to start at quarterback for Texas A&M and also try to establish a run game on offense on the perimeter. Maybe try to make sure that secondary for Texas A&M cannot sell out on the run and be aggressive against an inconsistent Spencer Rattler. I think South Carolina being at home makes a difference here. Joey, of course, thinks that the Aggies are going to find a way to pull it out at the very end. So what do all of you think? Whether you follow the Locked On Gamecocks or Locked On Aggies podcast, be sure to leave a comment down in the comments section on YouTube if you're watching today's show online. But of course, if you're listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, wherever you get your podcasts daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message over at a line underscore SC on Twitter, or you can shoot Joey a message over at 
Joey Ikes on his Twitter account. And of course, if you're interested in any of the other big time SEC matchups that are taking place this weekend, Ole Miss has got a big time matchup on the road in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, taking on the LSU Tigers. If you want more information on that matchup and more, you can go check out Chris Gordy over on the Locked On SEC podcast, where he covers the entire SEC conference in just 30 minutes with the help and assistance of the local team experts of Locked On who cover SEC programs. So be sure to make Locked On SEC your second listen after, of course, the Locked On Gamecocks or Locked On Aggies podcast. Thank y'all for giving today's show a listen. We hope that y'all have a great rest of your Thursday, and we'll catch y'all on our next show, previewing the game on Friday. 